Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Hey, welcome again for all of those out there and uh, uh, joining worshiping with us. I'm sure that the worship team with those those three powerful songs minister to your heart, and, and we're going to close our day together with just some more worship time, and hopefully that will encourage you um, to face those giants that you're going to be facing uh, in the next uh, week in your life. Um, this morning, I, I often joke about how uh, if you were born and raised in the generation pre-1980s, I don't know how in the world we all survived our childhood experiences, right? I mean, we were the children um, that our parents let uh, ride in cars going down the road 55 miles an hour with no seat belts, uh, no child protection seats. Sometimes they allowed us to hang our heads out the window. I don't know if you, were, if you had parents like that. I sure did. Um, we were the generation uh, that uh, our parents would say, go outside and play, and don't come back until supper time. We were the generation that would build ramps in the middle of the street, and, uh, and these ramps would be at, at dangerous angles, and we would ride up to these ramps, and we would do our wheelies on our huffy bikes. I mean, we had no fear back then, did we? We were the generation, and probably we were the last generation that played on playgrounds, right, um, with uh, dangerous contraptions. I, I would say uh, life-taking contraptions called the merry-go-round. Um, you ever played on the, on the witch's hat before? The witch's hat, I, I don't know what gruesome person out there decided to come up with that for playground equipment. We also were the generation that, that took on uh, 20-foot aluminum slides that would deposit us not on soft, cushiony foam pellets, but no, we landed on hard concrete. That's how tough our generation was, right? When I look back on my childhood experience, I can sit up here and tell you story after story where when I look back on it, I, I thought, my goodness, my life was in danger a lot of the time. Sometimes just because the way my, I was raised up in my parenting, you know, by my parents and raised up in my environment. But I'm sure many of you out there that were raised pre-1980s, maybe pre-1990s, also know what it's like um, to have those moments of danger. You, I'm sure you have some humdinger stories of the moment you thought your life was in peril or in jeopardy. But one thing that fascinates me when I look back on those moments, I, I never remember ever being afraid, right? I mean, there's some scary moments, but at the time as a child, I don't remember ever being afraid. Now, now, looking back on it, it kind of gives me some goosebumps, and I kind of wonder how in the world did I, I survive all that. But isn't that fascinating that, that maybe, maybe what I thought was dangerous now, back then, was just the normality of it all, right? Maybe we've kind of gotten wiser in our ways, and, and maybe we don't uh, attempt to do things we used to attempt to do back in the day. I was reading an article out of Psychology Today published in, in 2018, and it says that children are only born, when we're born, they're only born with three fears. They're born with a fear of heights, they're born with a fear of starvation, and they're born with a fear of loneliness or being left alone. 
And so those three, those three fears that we're born with are, are given to us innately, the, the psychologists say, because it protects us from inherent danger. But the same psychologists go on to say that every other fear that we developed as we grow older comes from our environment as well as we take on the fears of other people. Now, if that's true, I find it very, very fascinating that as we go through life, our fears don't dissipate, but they continue to mount over and over and more and more in our lives. Since March, we've added a few new um, experiences to our, our life. We've added some more fears. And as we continue to live, we're going to be faced over and over again with fearful moments, right? These moments that cause us to panic, cause us to, to be dreading, you know, in our lives. And what are we to do about that? What are we to do? Well, we have two options, right? We have the option of, of taking up courage or just being overwhelmed by the attitude, the thoughts of fear. There's over 600 times in Scripture that, that the Scripture addresses fear, that men go through fear. And this is what I really believe. The reason why that addresses fear is because fear is this a, a natural feeling that we all experience in life, no matter who we are, no matter what our upbringing was, no matter if our parents did our, their very best to protect us from, from all the big, bad, hairy, scary things out there in the world, we will at times feel afraid. And the majority of the time, of those 600 times that fear is mentioned in the Bible, it comes down to this, that God is convincing us to not fear by showing us who he is. In other words, God is, is encouraging us to take up courage and not to allow a situation or a person or a circumstance or, or, or what's going on in the environment around us to paralyze us into standing still. God wants us to move forward. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if God has not given us a mindset of fear, instead he has given us something better. He has given us greater alternatives to fear Then where in the world did fear originate. If God did not give us these fears that, that we cling to and we struggle with today, where do those fears come from? Well, the Bible clearly lays the origin of fear at the moment that Adam and Eve fell into sin. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, it says, it says this. Adam says, when I heard you, God, uh, roaming in the garden, I became afraid because I was naked and I hid. So fear is the first emotion that man faced or experienced after he fell into sin. And fear has been plaguing mankind ever since that moment. Now, God didn't create mankind with the notion that we ought to live in perpetual fear, right? God didn't want us to be that way, but, but this is what it comes down to. Our, our sinful nature, our, our desire to do things on our own and not trust in God tends to add fear into our lives. When we, when, we, when, we, when we experience things that are new, when we experience things that we've never been to before, we tend to want to take ownership of it instead of trusting God in that moment. And fear envelops our lives. 
But we also see through Scripture that there's another origination of, 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 of fear, and that is, comes from our common enemy and Satan. That Satan's behind our fears when he speaks lies into our, our hearts, and we believe those lies. So God's remedy, so God's remedy to all of this is he, he over and over again, 600 times or more, he tells us not to fear or fear not. And the reason why he's telling us to fear not is that he wants to remind us of who he is, that he is able, that he is capable, that he is powerful enough to walk us through our new normal, to walk us through those times that we've never experienced before, to walk us through those dark nights of the soul, to walk us through those situations where we're facing our giants in life, when we go through circumstances beyond our control, as we're overcome by distress and worry, God has a word for us. He has a remedy for your fears this morning. And it's clearly uh, spelled out in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 11 and verse 13. And I encourage you, if you have a copy of God's word close by to you, I encourage you to get it out because this is one of those uh, those verses that you just want to highlight and meditate on and regurgitate over and over again in your life. This is, a, this is one of these life-saving verses that God gives us. And he points out very clearly, and he lays out like a, like a beautiful buffet at Golden Corral. I had to mention Golden Corral at least one time, right? That he just lays it out in a beautiful way what the remedy is to fear. And this is what God says in Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 10, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand, for I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord, your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help. In Isaiah's day, God was speaking to a group of people um, that had already gone through a lot. They had experienced uh, seasons of great distress and great calamity, and they were bracing themselves for a, a greater calamity that they had never seen before coming their way. And God was saying to them, listen, what you're seeing for the first time in your life, it may frighten you. It may cause panic among you. Some of you might be distressed. But I'm telling you, as you're looking at this gargantuan giant that's about to come upon you, this great calamity that's about to come upon you, don't fear. I am with you. You see, God becomes the antidote to our fears. When we trust God with the situation before us, when we trust God with that giant we're struggling with, when we trust God with that unknown circumstance that we're, we're facing or about to face, that is the antidote to your fears. God becomes the antidote to your fears when you stand on the promise that, that God made to you in Isaiah 41.10. And what is that promise? That he is with you, that he will strengthen you, that he will help you, that he is capable of walking you through any storm of life that you face, anything. When you don't have the answers, God will supply the answers. When you don't know the way out, God will provide the way out. When you don't have the answers to your situation, God will provide the answers. 
That's what he says in, in Isaiah 41, verse 10, that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That he is with you at all times. I, I love the, the, ter- the, the terminology here. He says that as you go through an unplanned crisis, I'm right there with you. And I will uphold you with my right hand. I will take your right hand into my hand and I will walk you through this crisis. I will walk you through this turmoil. I will walk you through this upheaval. This is the beauty of it all. And I will do so with my victorious hand. That's those same hands, those same hands that created and fashioned all that we know is the same hand that's going to hold you as you go through that unbelievable crisis you're facing, as you're navigating those treacherous waters of life, the hand of God, the hand of God that fashioned everything is holding your hand through it all. Now, this is not some preacher coming up with this. This is the word of God. This is God himself saying to us, he is with us all the way. For I am your God. And I will hold on to you. I am your God who has always been ready, always been able, always been capable of rescuing you when you feared the most. I'm sure that these past 49 days have not been easy for some of us in this church family as you and and your family have been facing some new situations that go on in your life. Some of our, in our church are, are facing crisis that they've not had to endure before. Um, and all I can tell you this morning is that when we turn our focus to God and we cry out to him through prayer and we say, God, I trust in your word. I trust that you are with me. There's, some, there's a peace that will come across us when we do that. John, in John 14, verse 1, Jesus even takes up the same notion when he says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. How many of you this morning are are troubled by something, right? How many of you this morning are just, just in your heart of heart, your heart's just torn because you're overwhelmed by a circumstance. You can't put your finger on the solution. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So trusting God is the antidote to your fears. There's nothing else that we can do when it comes to fears, but but just simply trusting God through it all. You can read through the Psalms, and, and, and we just read a Psalm this morning that basically God says the same thing over and over again. It's the same thing through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Trust me. Trust me when, you're, when your back's against the wall. Trust me when you're, when you're facing danger. Trust me when, when, you find, when your enemies surround you. Trust me in the new circumstances. Trust me in new realities. Trust me when your life is falling apart. Trust me when you're trying to navigate dangerous places and dangerous waters in your life. Trust me and I will take care of you. Four weeks ago, I spoke from this platform out of 2 Kings chapter 4 and talking about the widow. I don't know if you remember this or not, but the widow and the oil. 
And I made this statement, and the statement that I made four weeks ago is still the same today. Give God what you have, and God will give you what you need. So in this moment, in this moment, give God what you have. Give God your fear. Give God whatever is causing that turmoil in your heart. Give that to God. Whatever causes you to be be up in the middle of the night, give that to God. Whatever causes you to pace around in your home, give that to God. Whatever frightens you, give that to God. Whatever calamity has come upon you, give that to God. What unknown circumstances that you're facing, give that to God. And what will God give you in return? Well, we saw it in 2 Timothy chapter um, uh, 1, verse 7. He will give you his power. He will give you his strength. He will give you courage. He will give you resilience. He will give you his presence. He will give you peace of mind. He will give you answers. He will give you a way where there seems to be no way. And I can go on and on and on this morning. He will give you hope. But above and beyond anything else, he will give you his presence. He will give you himself. You're not alone. You're not alone. You may think you're alone. The enemy may lie to you that that you're alone, that God has forsaken you. No, 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 no. Put that out of your mind. Go to the word of God and say, no, the word of God tells me that he is right here with me and that he will uphold me and that he will take me by my hand and his victorious hand is in my hand and we will make a way for me. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged For I am your God. This morning, do you trust him? Are you willing to give him what you have in exchange for him giving you what you need? This morning, as we close this message, as the worship team comes back to stage, I just want you to look at this video and may this video speak to your hearts about who God is and what he will do for you today. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. As residents rode out the storm, some in shelters, that others in stairwells. That is, after all, what they did before they set up their so-called caliphate. God is calling all of you to not be afraid. Fear not, because God is with you. Fear not, because God is your God. Fear not, because God will strengthen you. Fear not, because God will help you. Fear not, because God will support you and hold you up by his victorious right hand. I am your God. That is, I am above you. I am over you with my mighty hand. Over I am with you, beside you. I will help you from whatever angle the enemy may come or the attack or the threat. I am all around you as your help. I will strengthen you from inside out. I will be your strength 
and I will uphold you from underneath you. Do not be afraid. And there is one great ground for fearlessness. God. You have a God who is infinitely more powerful. He is God. He is God. Do you believe him? Do not be afraid. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. What else can we say? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.